Welcome, welcome, welcome to Real Table Talk with your girl Kimmy. Hey guys, it's Kimmy, and welcome to Real Table Talk. This is a place where we're gonna have some interesting discussions. It's centered around women. Real Table Talk. Where you feel comfortable, where you can share your views, express yourself, and we just come together as a family. So stay tuned, guys, because the Real Table Talk is exactly where it is. Welcome back to Real Table Talk. I am your host, Kimmy. And with me today in the studio, I have Michelle Braffitt. She is an attorney at law. I can't wait to get into this discussion that we have planned for you. I know you're wondering, where's Dawn? She's not with us today. And once again, she's okay, just unable to make it today. She sends her love, but we're going to dive into it with Michelle. So before we go any further, I'm just going to hand it over to Michelle, and I'm going to let Michelle tell you a little bit about who she is and what she does. Hey, Kamisha. Thanks for having me. Um, my name is Michelle Brathway. I'm an attorney at law. Um, I've been an attorney now for 10 years. It doesn't feel like that long. In my 10 I've gathered experience in collection for law, uh, corporate law, property law, some of everything. You have to take the work where you can get it. And I've been able to get experience in different areas of law. Um, I've also started recently sharing some information I sharing on Instagram and Facebook. And sometimes I hear of situations and I'm, I'm like, why did they do that? And I it's just that people don't know the law. They do not know their rights. So the reason why I've started sharing is because I'm just trying to help people understand that they have some rights and that sometimes what is happening to them is not how it's supposed to be done. I like that. Yes, I, I agree. So we're talking today about the importance of having a will. Why is so important to have a will? Why would you say that having a will is so mm -hmm. important, Michelle? I find in our society, we tend not to have wills. I don't know if it's a Caribbean thing or what, but it always makes things so difficult when there's not a will in place. And just having a will can avoid so many problems. When you have a will, you're able to control who receives what. If you have any special instructions, for example, if you want to say that you want to leave your house with and but upon her death, you want it to go to Cheryl. You can state that in your will. If you have minor children, you can indicate who will take care of your children. There's so much that you can cover in your will. You can cover, if you have special funeral arrangements, that can all be covered in your will. The thing is, once you put something in the will, within reason, it has to be done. You also can appoint an executor. You can appoint someone who you trust and who you know will deal with your assets and your liabilities and so on. You appoint someone who you know will handle everything. When you leave it up in the air, it can end up being someone who doesn't deal with things immediately. If you take the guessing game out of that, you can appoint someone who you know will immediately or soon after your death, deal with all your debts and liabilities and deal with the distribution of your assets. Another point is that it makes the process so much easier for your loved ones. Where there is no will in place, you would have to apply for letters of administration. Obviously, that's a timely and costly application. So that delays the process even further in that they now have to go about making the application. Um, if there's more than one person who's entitled to apply, they have to go about the process of getting consent from them and so on. And it just delays the process. And as I said, there are additional costs that you can avoid by just having a will in place. Quick question. So let's say that, um, okay, I have a will. And at my passing, I left everything in my will for 
my sister and I'm, I'm married and I didn't leave anything for my husband, would my mm-hmm. husband be able to overthrow what I said in my will because we are married and he's somewhat entitled to half of what we would have no. you know, created together? No, not on the basis that you're married. The only way a will can be overthrown is if it's shown that you were not of some mind or if you were forced into making the, the will. But if it's just on the basis that he is married to you and he believes that he's entitled to half of what you are, all of what you're behind because he is married to you. No, what is put in the will is what goes. So he can't put that aside. Well, that's interesting. So I can literally write a will and take my husband out of everything and leave him with practically nothing if I was the person who had majority of the money in the marriage. Yeah, that's correct. And that's another reason why it is important to have a will. Because otherwise, if you do not have a will, there's a certain way in which everything is supposed to be distributed. So if you don't have a will, everything is um, distributed according to the succession act. So depending on if you have a spouse and no other family member remaining, obviously everything will go to the spouse. If you have spouse and a spouse and a parent remaining, it will be split um, according to a certain percentage. But otherwise, where you do have the will in place and you say that property A goes to person A, that's exactly how it goes. Knowledge is key indeed, boy. I did not know that. So what happens then if you, well, I guess you kind of answered that because I was about to say, what happens then if it didn't have a will, but you just said that it goes based yeah. on the succession plan. But can you put anything at all in the will? No. Um, if you will supposed to cover things that you solely own so for example if you own a house along with somebody you can't just give away your portion it is supposed to be you're supposed to deal with that in accordance to how it is so you only the will is only supposed to address property that you solely own yourself and in addition to that the will does not cover for example insurance policies where you have a beneficiary in place so anything where you have a beneficiary there's no need to cover that in the will because you already have something in place to receive that. Very, very interesting. So what are the procedures to writing a will? Well, it's pretty easy for the individual, but in terms of the attorney, it, it will be more complex, but still not too difficult. Uh, it's really just reaching out to your attorney, um, outlining what property you own, who you would like it to go to. You would have to provide certain information like, you know, the name, full name, address, that type of thing. Um, so once you provide the instructions to the attorney to what you have instructed them to do, they get it back to you, you approve it. Once it's approved and you can execute it, you have to execute it before two witnesses. And then once that is that process is completed, the attorney can then file it at the registry, the bills and deed section of the registry. And the reason why that is done is because then in the future, even if no one knows whether or not you have done a will, they may not know that you've done it for sure. They may have an idea that you did it. But once they search at the registry and it is lodged at the registry, they will find that will in your name. That's a step you must make sure to do because that way it makes it easier for anyone to find the will and they will be able to to start the process in terms of the probate process. So at what age must you be in order to create a will? Is there an age limit? Yeah, you must be of 18 years of age or more. And you must definitely have some form of assets in order to write a will or that does not matter. For me personally, I would say it doesn't matter because as I said, another reason for having a will in place is just to make the process easier for your loved ones. So even if it is just to have a general clause, because at the end of the day, you still own stuff. 
you may not have property per se, you may not have stocks and shares, but you might have a laptop. <laughs> You might have a TV, you might have earrings. <laughs> so if you can still put a general clause saying that all of your assets will be transferred to whoever. Once you have that in place and you appoint an executor and so on, it will make the process easier because you may have debts, you may have liabilities. They still need to be able to access your accounts to pay off those liabilities, for example. So when you have a will in place, it speeds up the process for them to deal with those things as well. So are there any grounds for contesting a will? Can a will be contested? Yes. Yeah, so as I would have stated earlier, if you're not of sound mind, so you may have instances where you have older persons where they have dementia or something like that, and they draft a will, more than likely that is not going to stand up in a court of law. So you have to, ordinarily what is done, if that's something that may become an issue, you can actually have a doctor present just to confirm that they were there, they analyze the person, and they believe that they are of sound mind. So, as I said, where they're of unsound mind and where it can be shown that the will was made of under duress, that would make the, the contents of the will come under question. All right, let's say that I have a will, I've written this will, but for some reason I fell ill suddenly and I died. And then when everybody met and everything, you recognize I do have a will, but then we realize, hey, she had the will written up and everything, but it was never signed. Would mm -hmm. it still be valid even though I didn't oh. get to sign it because if I found no. no, it has to be, that's a requirement. It has to be properly executed. And, then, and properly executed just means that you sign it also means that it has to be witnessed as well by the two witnesses. And how long mm -hmm. can a will last? Like, how long can a will last? So let's say that, okay, someone has a will, they passed away and nobody in the family was made aware that there was a will but like three years after we find out oh my mm -hmm. gosh there was a will will you still be able to execute that will or would it be okay the time has already passed so the will is not not employed you mean in terms of once it's been executed and recorded and everything yeah so everything has been signed off we've already executed everything but yeah like yeah there's no time. there's no timeline on the will there's no time on the will um once the will is produced if you find out about it 10 years down the road, it's still valid. So what's the best way to write an accurate and secure will? The best thing to do is to reach out to an attorney because there are certain requirements that must be fulfilled to ensure your, your will is valid. As I said, you have to ensure that it is properly executed. It is witnessed by the, the, the required witnesses. It can't just be, the witness cannot be someone who is a beneficiary, for example. Um, it is best to have in the bill clauses dealing with each asset that you have. But if not, you can also include, if you don't um, address each type of property and asset individually, you can also include a catch-all phrase that deals with all residual property. Another thing is that, for example, um, someone writes a will and then they later on decide to write another will. The previous will is no longer valid. The final will, the last will that they would have done, is the one that would take effect. And the idea is to, to change, you may need to change your will where, for example, you left a property to someone in particular and that, then that person passes away before you do. The best thing is to deal with that, is to go and amend the will and have that asset given to somebody else, for example. Hmm. So how many times can you amend the will? There's no limit as to how many times you can amend the will. You can do that every day <laughs> if you so desire. But, you know, 
it, w- it wouldn't be feasible to do that every day. But as I said, there's no limit as to how many times you can amend a will. Is there a cost associated to having a will? Well, there would be the legal costs in terms of the preparation of the will, reviewing the documents, making sure everything is in order. But in terms of recording the will, there's no fee attached to that. So I guess then it's safe to say, guys, if you're listening and you have not uh, written a will as yet, and you're thinking about having one, you can go right ahead and reach out to Michelle and check her out. And, you know, I'm sure she's going to be able in a position to guide you so that you know what you need and how to get things off the ground. Michelle, do you find though that in terms of persons writing will, and I mean, I may be biased on this, but for me, I find that the main persons who tend not to have a will are more so the black race, where we tend to think that we don't need it, so we don't necessarily go into it. Most times you would find persons in our race who would start to write a will only if they have found themselves with a lot of money, they're wealthy, they tend to think of it only then. But persons who may be middle, you know, they may still have some form of money or some form of property or something they have, but it might not necessarily be the tangible, meaning money actually in their hands. They may tend to think that they don't need to write a will. In your practice, do you find that happening where you have more persons, Caucasian or other uh, racial entities who will come out and have a will except for the ones in the black community? Yes, definitely. As you said, I think it comes down to people thinking that they don't have enough assets, so they don't need to do it. But they don't realize that they still own something. Um, there have been a lot of instances where property comes into dispute just because someone didn't leave a will behind. So it's something that we need to realize. And I, I think the younger generation is realizing that. No, I think they're realizing that, you know, you have to put things in place for when you pass, not just for yourself, but also for your remaining ones. You don't want to make an already difficult situation even worse because now they have to be at war with each other just because you didn't put things in place. So can you give us an example of someone who had a will in place and everything was able to be, you know, well said? I just want to paint the picture for those persons who have never thought of having a will before and this is their first time even hearing about it Mm -hmm. in terms of just walking them through these steps i know we shared a lot of information earlier in terms of how you go about doing it making sure you have your witness making sure that you can list anything within the will um from as far down as the how you want your funeral arrangements to be and so on but i just wanted to give them a bit more of a paint of visual for them in terms of walking them through the simple steps if you could just point them down, let's say there were two or three steps that they must be aware of when looking to actually execute a will. As I would have outlined before, it's really easy. So I think people have this idea that it is a difficult process, but it really isn't. It, it is something as simple as reaching out to your attorney. Um, they will ask certain questions in terms of what you own. Um, they will probably ask to see the title deeds just to see if it's you alone, just to make sure the description of the property is correct and so on. Um, they will ask you certain questions about, do you have any minor children? What's the situation? Is there is the other parent in their life? In the event that the other parent is not around, is there somebody else that you would like to have take care of your child if you pass away? The attorney will be the one who would ask the questions in terms of the execution of the will. So the idea is just to, to come with a clear mind. They will ask you to provide any documentation for anything you own. So even for shares, you can provide something that will show, you know, how many shares there are, who these shares are with. Just something that when we write it into the will, there'll be a proper description of the property. And then, as I said, we just, once we draft it up for you, we'll send it back to you or 
Well, I usually like to do things by email, send it back to you by email. Have your review, make sure everything is in order. If not, we'll just make amendments to ensure that everything that you want in that will is explained exactly how you want it. Once that is approved, the next step is to meet to have the document signed. Ordinarily, the attorney would have an office where they are able to have people witness the, the signature as well. So that's not something that the individual will have, the client will have to organize themselves. So once they come into the office, we would arrange it just for them to come in sign and we will have the witnesses there present at the same time and they would sign at the same time verifying that they saw you witness. And the attorney takes it from there. From there, it is just to go to the registry and have the will recorded. It's a very simple process. It's not too expensive. It's something that a lot of people can do. It's not, it's not that difficult it, and it, it's not that expensive. So there's no reason not to do it. Can you tell us what the cost would be? I mean, I'm assuming that every will may be different depending on what is being covered in the will. Uh, can you give us, if not the exact cost, maybe a range in terms of what they can expect to pay so persons can see, okay, can I afford to actually do this will right now? Do you have a yeah, um Yeah, there's a range, um, the, let's say from like $300 and up, uh, but it, it definitely would not be more than say $500. Wow, I was not expecting that number. It's very important to know because most times you were thinking that maybe it's about a thousand and up, but to hear that it's between three to five hundred dollars, I'm thinking that most persons should be able to afford it. Well, those who have something to leave behind should be able to afford it. So we got a lot of information here today, uh, Michelle. I really want to thank you for joining us because I'm sure that uh, just as I have been able to gain a lot of information from you. I know I can apply and I can make my decision and I know exactly how to go about having that will developed and created and everything. I'm sure that our audience also was able to gain too as well. But before we go, I want you to go ahead and let our audience know where they can reach you, whether it's by Instagram, Facebook, email, where whatever medium you're using, because I'm sure as they listen, they're going to want to reach out to you with various questions and guidance in terms of getting their wills uh, prepared. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, you can reach me at 832-9001. That's my cell phone. In terms of the information that I've been sharing online, I've been doing that mainly on Instagram and Facebook. You can search for me at Michelle Brathwaite. My email address is mbrathwaitelegal at gmail.com. Perfect. And once again, thank you guys so much for joining us today. You just heard from Michelle Braffe, attorney at law, talking to us about the importance of having a will. And uh, it was me, your co-host, Kimmy, that was here with you. Dawn is not with us today, but she does send her love. And do feel free to share this podcast with everyone. <laughs> share it with a friend who you know can benefit from this information. And thanks again for joining us today, guys.